Welcome to the Autumn Ridge Women's Podcast, where we explore God's Word, not simply to learn more about the Bible, but to consider how to apply its wisdom. I'm your host, Svea Mary, and each week I'm joined by talented women from our congregation. We invite you to imagine yourself sitting here with us, enjoying a great discussion as friends about God and how His Word helps us take our next steps to become the women God intends for us to be. Today, I'm so happy to have Heather Henderson here with me for our second installment in this new series on Luke. Welcome, Heather. Thanks, Faye. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, well, you say that now, but this is uh, now we realize the challenge of the passage that you agreed to. I was not happy to be here a week ago. (laughs) (laughs) It is kind of funny how uh, we're never fully aware what God is going to do in our own lives as we agree to teach through a certain passage. And what we're talking about today is not easy stuff. Not at all. So today we are talking about Luke chapter 6, specifically verses 27 through 49. And as you recall from last week, we're looking at these passages not simply just to get Bible trivia knowledge of what's in God's Word, although it's good to know what's in God's Word. We are looking at this specifically through the lens of what it means to be a fully devoted follower of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And what we're going to see about being a Jesus follower from this passage is kind of tricky stuff. (laughs) When we were choosing the passages, Heather looked at this and I remember you saying, oh, I love the Sermon on the Mount material. That'll be great. (laughs) Oh, man. I don't think I knew what I was in for. I'm like, oh, the Sermon on the Mount is so great. And I, you know, coming up to this week, I'll be really honest, I was just kind of in a tough spot. I was feeling... Um, I had essentially just said, Jesus, following you kind of hurts sometimes. And so I'm going to ask you to Mm. sit in the corner over there and Mm. mind your own business. And I'd had a conversation with a friend and we had talked about, yes, Jesus sitting in the chair in the corner. Turns out he's not a great listener at all. Um, (laughs) And this week, Jesus kind of forced his way out of the corner like I was the boss of anything. I don't even know what I was thinking. But he really... I mean, I was really confronted with sin in my life this week, and it was a wrestling match Mm. from beginning to end. Mm. (laughs) It was so hard. Mm -hmm. No, well, and I appreciate your honesty with that, because this passage is really going to drive home that uh, it's not good enough just to know what Jesus is telling us. He does expect us to live it out. So while I'm sorry you've had a wrestling match this week, <laughs> I absolutely love your honesty in that and that you're you're living it out, that you've been trying to actively apply what we're about to talk about in your own life. And I just, I praise God for that. And I'm so glad that you're the one that I got to talk to you about these. <laughs> well, me too. Now, with, with that little teaser of, of the challenge of these verses, um, if you haven't yet taken the time to read Luke 6 verses 27 through 49, you may want to pause this right now and pull out your Bible and and get caught up because you're probably curious what we're about to talk about with the uh, the level of of uh, angst that we've already expressed over what this calls us to do. Um, and uh, and as you read it, you might see something quite familiar. And I'll just mention Heather, uh, your husband, Pastor Rick, preached a couple of really powerful sermons mm-hmm. on this very passage just about a month ago. Um, so I'll say for anyone listening, if you haven't been caught up with the Insider Trading series, I would highly recommend that you also uh, go and catch the second and third sermons from that series, Mm because he talks very uh, well in depth about these verses, which gives us the joy 
joy, since this is kind of familiar uh, passages for for what we just heard preached, to talk more about the application of this and what it looks like for a woman in Rochester, Minnesota in 2021 (laughs) to actually live these verses out. So all of that said, let's let's jump in. Yes. Um, So Luke 27 through 36, this first section, love your enemies and... I don't know about you, but it's one of those things where when you've heard it over and over, it's like, oh, yeah, it's the love your enemies section. It's the love your enemies section. It's the do good to those who hate you section. It This this section, it hit me square in the eyeballs. Mm. Um, and so as we're looking over this entire section of scripture that we're going to be talking about today, um, I think there's one common theme that runs through all of it, and that is our need for love and our relationships with those we care deeply for and for those we don't want to care for at all, those mm. we have deemed unlovable. Mm-hmm. So I, I think the overarching theme here is the need for love in our relationships. Yeah. So. Yeah, not just in our loving relationships, but no. our relationships with people that are hard yes. to love, maybe especially those. Right. So um, as we as we go forward, we're going to, and in your small group questions, there's going to be three themes that we're going to essentially investigate over mm-hmm. the next several minutes. Um, and the small group questions you have, I'll just let you know, are they're they're going to be more than you can discuss. So go through them ahead of time. Understand the ones that you want to go through. Um, but the things that we're going to be talking about is authority, identity, and activity. Mm-hmm. And so authority is I happily submit to Jesus and his word. Identity is I happily define myself by what Jesus did, not what I do. And activity, I happily love others the way Jesus loved me. Mm-hmm. And I did not come up with these things. Um, this is this is all the work of Rick, and he's going to be diving into this in a few weeks in Sunday morning. Um, mm-hmm. And so I don't want you to, I mean, you could, if you wanted to, think that he borrowed this material from me. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so, um, but he he is really the mastermind behind these three themes that we're going to be using as we look at the scripture. I love it. See, it's more evidence that God knew what he was doing when you were the one assigned to this passage. He's so sneaky. <laughs> he does not stay in the corner. Well, this this first section on, on loving our enemies, um, boy, the, the concept of doing good to those who hate you from letting someone who's just slapped you on the cheek turn it and slap the other one also to give to the person that's trying to take from you. This is a real challenge. And I, I think it's worth saying at the outset that the point behind this passage is not to condone someone's bad behavior. Right. It's not saying that we need to be in an abusive situation and just keep taking it over and over and over again. Um, but I've heard these verses kind of taken out of context and twisted a little For bit sure. to imply that. And that's not at all what it's saying. Rather, the point of this is to be focused on our own behavior, regardless of how we're being treated, how are we responding to how we're being treated. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not saying that bad behavior is okay. That's that's clear from other sections of, of scripture. Um, but, uh, but how do we respond when someone treats us in a way that we feel is out of bounds? Right. And that's not easy. It's not. It's not. It's it's easy to think this is all about other people, but but really, as you said, this is this this turns the focus on our response mm-hmm. in these situations. Um, so I want to I want to 
get into the details just a little bit because Jesus is having this this very frank conversation mm-hmm. um, with people in this in this sermon, and I kept thinking, why do they want to know this? Why does Jesus want to talk about this? And I think it just highlights his relational character mm. because he's looking at them and he's going, "Listen, I know that you're carrying around some garbage, mm-hmm. some drama. People have been mean to you, and mm-hmm. they have been evil to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and your first instinct is to keep them at an arm's length and wish nothing but bad things for them. But Jesus says, "I know this is hard, so let's talk." About about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they knew really what it meant to have hurt and to have enemies. Um, and I think that that a lot of us could probably relate to that. Yeah, right now, um, you know, in our not even just our personal lives and our church lives and any area work lives. I think it's easy to identify an enemy in every facet yeah. of, of where we live. Well, maybe not even an enemy, but I think it's it's com- kind of commonly felt right now that people are acting in a way in many different areas mm-hmm. of life with a little less civility than maybe we used to. I and agree. Scroll I, through yes. on social media and it's kind of shocking to see the way that people talk to each other, um, the way that people disagree about so many different issues. And, and we seem to have lost some skills in and how to engage with other people in a kind way. Yeah. And, uh, and many of us feel a bit battered and bruised by comments that we've heard or, or, or the way that people respond to us. Yeah, and and I so, think so I think this is a highly relevant passage for us to, to think of this, not even just in terms of who do we consider an enemy, which is a pretty big word, but, but how do we respond to other people when they say something that hurts us, when they disagree with us in a mm-hmm. way that feels unkind, um, when we maybe feel like our rights are being stepped on or we're being taken advantage of. Yep, in for sure. Way. And I think the question that we could ask ourselves in each one of those situations is always going to be, what does love require of me? Mm-hmm. Does love require that I'm mean and hateful or judgmental? or passive may not even be the loving thing at that time. Mm-hmm. But I think asking ourselves that question helps center our response. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. Yeah, I love that question. So and Jesus, you know, he wasn't a he wasn't a stranger to enemies. We know this, right? Uh-huh. And so far, like just recently, just a few pages back in Luke, um, we see that that Jesus healed a man on the Sabbath, and his enemies walked away to go talk about how they were going to deal with him. Um, he ate grain off the ground on the Sabbath. He was absolutely a rule breaker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because the, 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 the crunching of that grain to get to the stuff that you could eat was considered work. Mm-hmm. Um, he ate with sinners and the Pharisees complained about him not eating with the right kind of people. So yeah. he's coming out of these very, very recent experiences and sitting with these people and saying, listen, I know what an enemy is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> He hasn't even experienced all of them yet in his lifetime, but even in the short time in his ministry, it did not take long. Yeah. You know? No, that's true. Yeah. But I like how at the end of this section, we're, we're given a beautiful promise in the reward for living this way. It's mm. not easy to live this way, to, to want what's best for someone who we feel like is not treating us well. Uh, but uh, verse 35 says, but love your enemies, do good to them and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. And then your reward will be great. You will be children of the most high because he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Yes. And so if we need a role model to find in how to live this way, looking at Jesus himself could be 
easily the uh, the the one stop shop for where we should go to look yeah. to see how to do this. So what are I have some I've written down some notes just on what it looks like practically sure. to love our enemies sure. that I'd like to share. And one of those things is doing good for them. Um, if you see that they're in need volunteer to meet that need Mm. bring a meal when somebody you don't care for is sick Mm. (laughs) we have people getting covid all the time right now Mm -hmm. it's a great time to make a meal sure and drop it off and you're feeding their soul you're acting on behalf of their Mm well-being um i think praying for them if you get to the point where you can pray for your enemy Mm. i think that's the point where you're going to see some transformational action yeah and the way that you see other people yeah I've experienced that in my own life. Yeah. I, I had someone that uh, was someone close to me, someone I should have been able to trust, who hurt me in a very deep way. And for a lot of years, I was very angry about that and and uh, and felt not not just a strain in that relationship, but uh, but a lot of anger and bitterness myself that I had to deal with. And it wasn't until I got to that point of not only feeling like, okay, I want to forgive this person mm-hmm. for what was done, but to actually get to a point of being able to pray for them and say to God, I, I want you to treat that person the way you would treat me if I had made that same mistake. And uh, God, you know, I want you to, to show mercy mm-hmm. and to heal and to forgive because... <laughs> You know, if we take a step back and we're honest with ourselves, it could be any one of us that makes a huge mistake that really hurts someone. And uh, and we would want that kind of, of love and goodness from our Heavenly Father. So when we can ask that for someone else, um, to ask God, forgive, do what is good, make yeah. things right again. That was so healing in my own life. I I wish I could tell you the number of times I've had a very similar experience. Mm. That act of praying, I mean, I don't know. That was the one thing Mm -hmm. that changes changes me, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Changes me. Well, and so if we need another incentive to live these hard verses out, I think when we realize how often it might seem like it's a big ask for us to do good for someone else that's hurt us. Mm Mm-hmm. It really is our own hearts that are healed. Right. We, we are also the ones, just like the verses say, that we receive a great reward um, yeah. from our Heavenly Father for the, the way it changes our own hearts. Right. So let me say this. I think that refusing to get to the point or refusing to even try to get to the point where we can forgive our enemies is an authority issue mm. with Jesus. Mm-hmm. So a question that I think is important to ask as we're considering this in our own lives is how does loving my enemies help me submit to the authority of Jesus? Mm-hmm. This is huge. Mm-hmm. This is us admitting that Jesus knows better. We're looking now at other people the way that he looks at us. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's very powerful. Um, let's turn to the next section, which commonly is just titled something like judging other people or <laughs> judging others and things like that. And it's also a section where many people use this first verse in verse 37 to say, see, it says right there in the Bible, we're not supposed to judge anyone. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't think this is about the other person, though. <laughs> yeah. I think this is more about how we respond. Yeah. So this is a great section in uh, in this section of verses 37 to 42 to take as an entire unit and not just pick and choose one little verse but to see the whole arc of where Jesus is going in this concept and and I think you're right on I think it's not this is not a thing about 
being focused on other people's behavior, just like in the section we just looked at, right. it's not saying that bad behavior is okay. It's just how are you responding right. to other people when they do hurtful things to you? Now he's going to turn the heat up a little bit more in this section and say, this is also about you. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I think he is, he's talking about us being so concerned about someone else's sin that we don't see our own. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it goes on to talk about, you know, uh, seeing the the speck in someone else's eye, but you don't even see the log that's in your own eye. Yeah. And I'm like, man, well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and a question to consider as you're going through these is what kind of specks in others' eyes are easiest for you to criticize? Mm -hmm. You know, that I think and then something that you might want to consider is when you are so quick to judge someone based on or, you know, you're going to you're going to pass judgment of some sort on someone else's behavior or something they've done. Is that a reflection of sin in my own life as well? Mm -hmm. I think we're so quick to judge other people in areas where we find that we struggle. Absolutely. And that's kind of exactly where the passage is headed with that, mm -hmm. that we probably are more likely to judge other people or to withhold forgiveness from other people or to not want to show grace to some other person. Yeah in those very areas where we ourselves struggle. Right. And and that's where Jesus is going with this. Like, no, 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 turn the lens back on yourself first. Deal with yourself. And then, as it finishes in verse 42, then you'll be able to see clearly yep. to help someone else. I love that. And I also love that Jesus is saying, this is going to be hard, and it's probably not going to be foolproof. And it may or may not work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because remember, it's not about the other person. Mm -hmm. It's about us. Yeah. So the reward, he says, um, will be, let's see here, your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. Mm -hmm. And the way I like to think of this. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> Do tell. It, okay. So, you know, in Utah, we had, they're, they're really crazy about like their soft serve ice cream or frozen yogurt. Ooh, you can go anywhere, you know, and they have like this, it's like a buffet. So you get a cup and you put your yogurt in there and your toppings and you can go back and forth and do whatever you want with it. Oh, yeah. But in order to get the most yogurt <laughs> and toppings in your cup is you put some in and then you tamp it down, like you shake it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's kind of what I'm imagining, God, with our blessings. It's like, okay. <laughs> Shake it up. We're going to fill Tamp that it down. cup. We're going to fill it all the way <laughs> no up to overflowing. No in right. the corner. <laughs> so, yeah, you know. And then you pay by weight, of course, but that's not in this scenario. <laughs> I also skip lunch. <laughs> <laughs> that's a fun analogy. but and, and I think we can see this practically, right? I mm -hmm. mean, when you see someone that's super judgy, don't we just naturally respond to that person with wanting to kind of judge them back? Like, yes. where do they get off being so judgmental towards me? And yet Jesus is saying, don't be that person. Be oh. the kind of person that is quick to forgive, that is ready to give grace relentlessly. I love that that's one of our church values. Me that too. We want to be people who give grace relentlessly because what does it look like when you meet that person? I know. I mean, that person is safe, right? That's mm -hmm. the person that you can be honest with that you can be open with about what you're struggling with because you don't feel like they're going to judge you for it. They're right. going to care for you in that moment. They're right. going to not condemn. Um, they're going to they're they're going to give grace. And and Jesus is saying, "Be that person." I know. We're so eager and so willing to have other people 
extend grace to us. Mm-hmm. We want to be the same way in return, which is hard. Mm-hmm. It's easier to receive that than to give it out, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so these first two sections that we've been looking at are kind of these challenging instructions. But the second two sections are really going to drive home the point that it's not enough just to know what these verses say. We really have to do that. We have to do it. We can't just be hearers of the word. We have to be doers, as James 1 says. Yeah. And so we see in verses 43 through 45, we're going to switch to the metaphor of fruit, which I think is something we see all the time throughout scripture. Old Testament and New Testament, there's fruit always. Yep. Yep. What's (laughs) the fruit fruit. in your life like? I know. Um, And I think what this next section is talking about is really just understanding that good fruit comes from good roots. Mm. So, you know, a thorn bush is not going to produce figs or Mm. or brambles is not going to produce grapes. Yep. It all comes from a good place of where we started from the vine. Right. You hear about the vine leader. Yeah. Uh, And so I think. Go ahead. I like that that Jesus is using in this story different kinds of fruit, too, because I think it's easy for us as women to compare ourselves to other people. And if you see a woman that is just lovely and godly, you can really kind of be down on yourself and think, I'm not, I don't measure up to that woman. Right. Um, but it's not about does your fruit look exactly the same as someone else's? You know, figs and grapes are two very different kinds of fruit. But uh, but we can all aspire to something better than thorns and, right, <laughs> and, right. and thistles. And though that fruit, it's going to look different. It's going to come out in different ways. Um, but it's going to come out of the heart of who we are. Mm-hmm. So we have the idea here is that good people will produce good fruit. And that's a direct result of what's in our hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jesus is not looking so much at what we do, uh, or, or not so much at what we do, but what is actually in our hearts. So even we could have empty acts of service. Sure. But mm-hmm. if our heart is not following up with that, if we're not constantly trying to align our hearts with his, mm-hmm. the fruit will be bitter. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, how often have we had the experience of something that looks like a beautiful piece of fruit on the outside and then you bite into it and like, yeah. ooh, it's mealy or mm-hmm. it's bland or bitter or something. So like disappointing. That. <laughs> <laughs> it it is. So disappointing. So it's it's good to think about what specific gifts have God has God given you, has God given me, um, and how would that fruit best serve my perceived enemies? How can I use Oof. the things that God has given me to serve those who have offended me? Yeah. That's uh, that's a real challenging thing mm-hmm. to, to ponder. Yeah. Um, the final section, verses 46 through 49, in this idea of the wise and the fo- foolish builder and the foundation that they built upon is, is a story that I've always loved because I love the concept that it is in the storms of life mm-hmm. that reveal the foundation mm-hmm. that we have. And uh, Jesus starts off right away with, uh, he's not pulling any punches here when he says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? And I think this is a good wake up call. As I was studying this, it it made me stop and consider, why do I call Jesus Lord? Mm. Um, You know, it's one of those, like you pray and, oh, dear Lord, it just kind of rolls off your tongue, but it just take a step back and to realize what we're really meaning when we call him Lord. Right. Um, getting back to, like, does he have the authority yeah. over our life? Uh, like you were talking about the importance of recognizing that he has authority yeah. before. And are we willing to not just say to him, like, okay, these are wise teachings, these are good teachings, but are we granting him the authority to say that he's going to hold us to this? Right. 
Um, it's it's quite powerful. So it's uh, it's a strong way in verse 46 that he starts off. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? I know. I mean, it's clear already that Jesus has encountered what he would consider false disciples, mm-hmm. people who have done the lip service, but they're not living their lives in authority to Jesus and what mm-hmm. he says. Mm-hmm. So he's like, why do you say this? Yeah. <laughs> And he's drawing the point out that to uh, to hear these things and not do it is like the foolish builder who just builds his house on on an unstable foundation. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's it's he's still building a foundation of things on comfort or on success or the the desire to say, no, I want to be in control of my life. And if I feel like I've been trampled on or my rights have been violated, I should be able to get angry about that and retaliate right. against it. And, and right. When those storms of life come, that person, as this passage says, that's the one who's going to just kind of crumble. Yeah, into slide oblivion. right off the rocks. And we don't want to be those <laughs> kinds of women. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, this, I, I love the imagery here. I really think it's important to look at, at how Jesus is bringing this all down to the foundation. Mm. He's talking about our responses to these things out here and all these external things and how we're going to respond. But he drives it home with the fact that the only way that we get to survive these storms mm-hmm. is by making sure our foundation is deep. Yeah. And I keep thinking, I love, so I love Minnesota. What a great state. <laughs> uh, and one of my dreams is to have just a cute little cabin on a mm. rock right mm-hmm. on Lake Superior. And I started thinking about that. And my dad's a contractor. Uh-huh. And I'm like, what would my dad say? And it'd probably be something like, daughter, <laughs> this is not the best idea you've ever had. <laughs> because it needs a foundation. Because he's yeah. going to tell me A, B, and C needs to happen. Sure. And so as I'm looking at scripture and trying to understand what it is to have a foundation, this is something that takes work. Yeah. You can't just, it's easy and it's quick to not have to build a foundation. You just build something and put it somewhere and you should be good to go. But mm-hmm. uh, but a foundation takes work. Yeah. So what does um, that foundation look like? That foundation, I think, is when we're following the commands of Jesus, when mm-hmm. we're actively trying, are we going to succeed every time? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think it's going to be a battle. But again, God's looking at our heart. Are we are we aligned with Him? Are we doing everything we possibly can mm-hmm. to get in line um, and follow Him more closely? Um, and so, some things that I think that building our foundation might look like, just based on these few verses that we've gone over, um, is making sure that I forgive when I don't want to. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I need to love when someone else hasn't deserved my love. Mm-hmm. I need to view my enemies through the eyes of Jesus, mm. offer grace rather than judgment, look honestly at my sin, mm-hmm. honestly. <laughs> like it's easy to be like, I don't struggle with any of these things. I don't believe that for a second. <laughs> We're all sinners, Jesus yeah. said. Yeah. <laughs> and then I need to embrace those unique gifts that God's given me and use them to serve people both inside and outside the church body. Yeah. Well, I think those are great examples of ways that we can see what kind of a foundation we're building our life on. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that as, as you go through and study this passage, really try to identify those areas of authority, identity, and action, particularly identity. Who am I in Christ? Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be really important. It's going to reveal a lot about what we believe about ourselves. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I think you're absolutely right. These are challenging things. I think uh, closing in our, this time with some prayer for yeah. asking God to help us with this would be a wise step. Let's do that. Dear Father, 
uh, these are challenging words, and uh, and it does at times feel like a lot to not react when people have treated us in a way that feels unfair or hurtful, but instead to try to love them the way that you love us. I ask that you would help us to find our identity in you, that we would want to live these things out because we recognize your authority, but not that we fear you as a demanding Lord, but as the one who wants to reward us, to to reward us to overflowing with your love, to heal the pain in our heart from things that have happened to us because of how you help us to become more like your son, Jesus Christ, all the time as we seek to honor you with the way that we live. So help us uh, this week as we live this out, and uh, and we will give you the glory for what you do um, when we learn to love the way that you love us and love our enemies. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Autumn Ridge Women's Podcast, a production of Autumn Ridge Church. We appreciate the technical assistance provided by Josiah Novinger, Ian Benoit, Robert Nash, and others from our wonderful staff. We'd love to hear your comments or questions on this or any other episode, and you could reach us at women at autumnridgechurch.org.